This is Be Money Simple, where we make money simple so you can become rich and wealthy. Remember, I'm not an investment advisor. Please consult with your investment professionals before you make any changes to your portfolio. This is Be Money Simple, where we start building your knowledge to build your wealth. Welcome to this week's podcast. It's been a crazy week because for the first time, there's so many things to, to research, to look at um, within this investing world. Also just finished a paper on the Wildflower Bee Farm, which is a separate thing. I won't bore you with that, but um, that's pretty exciting. If you have any interest in that, go to wildflowerbeefarm.com and see what we're doing there. When it comes to investing, I took a serious dive into office buildings. And a couple of things I, I put in the I put in this week's um, newsletter. And if you haven't subscribed, please do go to bemoneysimple.org org and subscribe to the free um, Monday newsletter. It comes out every Monday, and it's a it's a page or less. Um, and I sort of go through topics, often topics that we go in detail here at this podcast. But at least it gives you, uh, you know, a brief outline of something I'm thinking about or doing or have come across and so just this past week you know we we um, if you're an investor you know about Charlie Munger and his relationship with Warren Buffett and I've talked about Berkshire Hathaway and why I don't invest in them because of their insurance and Coca-Cola love but as far as investing there's a great deal to learn from them because they took Benjamin Graham's work it's one of the book uh, books I suggest you read that's in the bibliography of our book and that's the other thing if you haven't subscribed to the newsletter when you do that you get a free digital copy of my book what grandpa learned from his honeybees the little book to be smart with your money and help the environment and in that book i give a list of readings of books that i suggest you read anyway munger and buffett kind of use uh, benjamin graham's idea of value investing and push it through to where they're at today and for a period of time uh, berkshire hathaway was investing in what they called cigar butts these are companies that um, are really sort of selling for pennies on the dollar. They may go bankrupt, they may not, but the idea being that a good investor, value investor, if they took the time, could sort of weed through all the crap and decide whether or not it's worth taking a shot at. And for many years, that's really was the focus of what uh, Buffett did at Berkshire Hathaway until Munger came along and said, hey, wait a minute, why don't you pay, pay a fair price for a great company instead of bottom feeding and that worked because at the time, and a lot of this is timing, right? We talk about luck and don't be fooled by randomness. But at the time they did this, they were running out of cigar butts to buy because everybody sort of was jumping on that bandwagon and the economy started to boom. So they, they wouldn't have been able to invest in anything. So they took their time, of course, but started moving in that direction. So I bring it up because one of... As you know, Charlie Munger passed away at the age of 99 this past week. And one of the most important lessons I think he teaches us is to reverse engineer a decision. So when you decide to do something, whatever that may be, go through the exercise of saying, what could make this go wrong? And so I've been bottom feeding office buildings. I've been looking at some of the publicly traded REITs trying to understand why they're selling for the number that they're selling for. And I'll go through two that I've started to buy very risky, I guess, but I'll tell you why. So I went through office building and I said, okay, here are the six reasons why an office building investment could go down the tubes to zero. The first is more people are working from home. Downtown offices are empty, and so there's less people going to work. 
Often we talk about the Monday-Friday absence where people are supposedly working from home. So there seems to be this push for hybrid or even not at all going to the office. Now, the second has to do with a couple of things. One's the reality of the, of the economy. And the secondly has to do with some of the dummies running some REITs. Because many of them who had variable debt are already in trouble, meaning the mortgage payments they were making adjusted every month with the price of interest or the interest costs. Many of the good ones had fixed debt, which of course still comes due every five years or seven or 10 even. And, and office REITs generally are uh, mortgages are much higher than residential REITs or somewhat higher. So the idea being that, you know, if offices were financed at three and a half percent and now they're coming due and they're going to be eight, nine or even 10 percent, these REITs have to pay that extra interest and many of them are coming due. The third point has to do with the CapEx or the ability of the owners to continue to maintain nice offices. Many of the offices in places like Toronto are old. They are uh, basically run down and in, in those older offices, people aren't going to want to go. Or um, There is a thought and this happened probably, oh, how long ago would that have been? Probably last year it started to happen. People saying, well, you know what? Maybe they should just turn all these offices into apartments. What a great idea. Well, when they started looking at these buildings, they realized very quickly that it's not possible. It's very different, and it also takes a different skill set, as I talk about in the newsletter. You can't just suddenly go from being a, you know, an office building owner and manager and taking care of that building and flipping it to residential. It's a whole different thing. Plus, the locations are different. Um, you're dealing with much more parking. You're dealing with amenities. You're dealing with buildings that weren't designed to be residential. Heating systems are different. The way the walls are, you got soundproofing issues, safety issues, and so on. So it sounded like a great idea, but it actually was another way to save offices that didn't make any sense. Nowadays, when they evaluate some of these buildings, and here's another negative, number five, they're getting evaluation strictly based on the cost of the land so that the buildings are being discounted almost to zero in some of these older sections. And the final point is because there's so much of a surplus of office space out there, the belief system is that when tenants who do have to use an office building have to renew their rents, they're generally demanding decreases because there's so much competition. And so that again hurts that market. So my counter to all that, and I had to go through this sort of exercise, was really looking at what's happening right now as I do this. So what is happening right now? Well, right now, um, suburban offices are booming. So places where offices are being used in outside of major cities are increasing in occupancy and are increasing in rent costs per square foot. Suburban office is, in fact, booming. And yes, they have to be modern. They have to be you know, uh, positive for those using them. But the benefit of suburban office generally is they're closer to where the workers work and they don't have to do the commute, which is the biggest outcome, I think, from a lot of what happened with COVID. And many of them are also on public transit, even though they're out in suburban areas. So the converting an office building to a residential isn't happening because the smart landlords have realized that if we have a building and it's not effective as an office building anymore, 
the answer is to sell it. And in, the good news is, in many cases, the, the price of the land surpasses the original cost by far of the entire building with the land. Because land is at a high, high value in many of these downtown centers, because the idea being that the office buildings could be taken down and actually could be then rezoned and converted to a proper apartment building. And we could see governments getting involved in this, paying premiums for these type of spaces. So interest rates, while they've gone up and they will be up on renewal, the smart office owners have um, staggered their mortgages and also have a system in place where they've always looked at debt below or at the 50% level. So these office buildings that are renewing at higher leases because they're in the suburban areas are often doing so at um, prices that will surpass the mortgage renewal rates as they come up. Remember, just because interest rates are d doubling, it doesn't mean that the principal or the amount they're paying off has doubled. So the actual monthly mortgage commitments are not double to what you may think. In fact, in some cases, depending on the principal, of course, and the terms, it's much, much less than you would think. Plus, smart office owners have taken this into account for the forever, not just during these difficult times. The final point that, that I want to comment, when I started looking at these companies, the, the office buildings are being beaten down like never before. Like they've been beaten down to 10, 20 cents on the dollar. In one case, when I looked at an office building, if you take the cash on hand and the cash flow from just one quarter, they have enough cash to cover half of the current market rate for that company just from the cash and just from the cash flow. So in the course of two years, the uh, company will have um, more money than you've invested if you buy one share, not even counting the buildings or anything else. I'm going to get into these buildings in the next podcast. I'm going to tell you the two different companies I'm buying and why. So this, this podcast is really about the reverse engineering concept, plus the idea of office buildings. You know, and... A good challenge to yourself is about when I say to you, I'm buying, um, I'm investing significantly in office REITs. How does that make you feel knowing all these negatives? Because I've talked about in, in other podcasts what it takes to be an investor of individual companies. And you have to be able to understand that often what you do is counter to what the crowd is doing. Um, the beaten up nature of some of these companies tells me that they're beaten up for a reason, but using Charlie Munger's approach, can we look at all the negatives and really make an informed decision if this is a good idea to go forward or not? And I think for the two I've picked, they are, and I'll talk about those next week. I'm Hank for Be Money Simple. You have an amazing week. Remember, you can go to our website, bemoneysimple.org, sign up for the newsletter, and also pick up some swag, some T-shirts, and... Um, just keep learning because it's a, lifetime, it's a lifetime of learning to do this. Have an amazing day. At Be Money Simple, our goal is to help you achieve financial freedom. To remind you, remember, you can pick up some swag. All the money from t-shirts and hat sales go directly to our Wildflower Bee Farm. Go to wildflowerbeefarm.com and click on the uh, store button and pick up some swag today.